percent financing. Volkswagen's clean burning turbo diesel technology is sweeping Vermont, and Walker Volkswagen has become your TDI headquarters. A one thousand dollar fuel rewards card goes a long way in a forty three miles per gallon TDI Volkswagen from Walker. Walker Volkswagen on the Barry Montpelier Road has been serving Vermonters' automotive needs for over sixty years. Buying a Volkswagen is easy with Walker's upfront pricing. Stop by, call, or click WalkerVT.com for your easy upfront price. With Walker's deeply discounted upfront pricing, you eliminate all the gimmicks and stressful negotiations in buying your next car. Our staff has one goal, exceeding your car buying expectations. Upfront pricing is a better car buying experience that will save you time and money. Only at Walker Volkswagen on the Barry Montpelier Road and WalkerVT.com. High performance, low pressure. It's time to get the story behind the story. Interviews with newsmakers, newsbreakers, and your phone calls. Radio Vermont presents The Mark Johnson Show. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program. Thanks for tuning in. Gosh, what a gorgeous day today. Thanks for spending part of it with us. Did hit 35 on the way in, though. Wow, just bizarre. But a beautiful sunny day. It's going to get warmer. Thanks for spending part of it with us because we're all here together. All right, coming up on the program this morning, boy, we got some great guests coming your way today. In uh, just about uh, 20 minutes or so here, we're going to talk with my friend Dana Walrath about... Her experience with her mother with Alzheimer's, and oh my goodness, what a story this is. Uh, equally incredible is our uh, first guest this morning. Let me give you the phone numbers first, 244-1777. That's our local number in central Vermont. And you can also reach us on our toll-free lines at 877-291-8255. That's 877-291-TALK. We uh, begin this morning with the incredible story of Alan Rabinowitz. Alan is a uh, wildlife conservationist, and his path to that profession is remarkable. Alan uh, was born and was a uh, stutterer as a kid, and actually up until the time he was in college. But uh, as he describes it, it was really like this sometimes happens. It was this really, really an incredible gift that he got uh, uh, and it was not any sort of a curse. So uh, Alan Rabinowitz has written a book called A Boy and a Jaguar. This uh, is his journey from uh, being a uh, stutterer to now a wildlife conservationist, and he's joining us live on the line this morning. Alan, thanks for joining us. How are you this morning? I'm good. It's a pleasure to be here. When did you first realize you had a stuttering issue? I never didn't stutter. I, from the from the earliest times I have any recollection of trying to speak as a child, the words, the words wouldn't wouldn't come out or they wouldn't flow smoothly. So there was never a time. It wasn't as if I started stuttering at a certain time. I never spoke normally mm-hmm. since I was born. Would you describe your stuttering as profound? It was profound. In fact, when I my kind of stuttering at the time was not the normal repetition. It was what they called at the time frozen mouth, solid blocks, and my body would spasm and and it would become uncontrollable. I just couldn't get words out. I'd spit and sputter and and spasm. Mm. Where'd you grow up? I grew up well. I was born in Brooklyn and had my earliest childhood in Brooklyn, New York, and I. Grew up for many of my years in Far Rockaway, Queens. Okay, all right. Uh, all of which, of course, is in the general neighborhood of the Bronx Zoo. 
That's right. So what I'd like you to do here, uh, the, Alan has put together this just really beautiful book, be- beautifully illustrated, called A, uh, a Boy and a Jaguar. And I, I'm going to ask Alan to read the uh, first six or seven pages of the book, because I think it will give you and all of us a, uh, a sense of just how isolating and how difficult this was for Alan as a kid growing up. I'm standing in the great cat house at the Bronx Zoo. Why is this jaguar kept in a bare room, I wonder? I lean towards my favorite animal and whisper to her. What are you doing, my father asks. I I try to explain to him, but my mouth freezes, just as I knew it would. I'm a stutterer. If I try to push words out, my head and body shake uncontrollably. The teachers at school put me in a class for disturbed children. He's not disturbed, my parents say. We're sorry, the teachers answer. But whenever he tries to speak, he disrupts that class. The teachers think I'm broken. Am I? But I can do two things without stuttering. One is sing. Only I can't sing very well. And the other is talk to animals. Every day I come home from class and go straight to the closet, my room. I bring out my pets, a hamster, a gerbil, a green turtle, a chameleon, and a garter snake. I close the door and talk to them without stuttering. I tell them my dreams. I tell them that I want to be able to speak like everybody else speaks. I know that my pets listen and understand animals can't get the words out just as I can't get the words out. So people ignore or misunderstand or hurt them the same way people ignore or misunderstand or hurt me. I make a promise to my pets. I promise that if I can ever find my voice, I will be their voice and keep them from harm. My parents try everything to help me. Doctor after doctor, medicine and hypnosis, nothing works. But my father knows one thing that does work. He takes me to the great cat house at the Bronx Zoo. I go straight to the cage with the lone jaguar, lean over the railing and put my face against the bars. I whisper my promise to her fluently. Wow, Alan, that's really... It's pretty incredible stuff. What what is it what what is it like to feel broken? <laughs> well, you know what's so interesting? This is this is the first time I've actually read this book out loud since I have written it and I can't <laughs> half over over half a century later it's still <clears throat> it's still inside me. That feeling of a broken young child has never gone away. It's, it's, I knew I wasn't, well, yeah, I, I felt broken because the adult world said I was broken. The animals are the ones who taught me I wasn't broken because I could be normal with them. So I lived in two worlds. I lived in the world's world of adults 
where people thought I was broken and put me in special classes with other so-called broken children, the classes that other kids had called the retarded classes. And, and I stopped even trying. I stopped trying to be what I felt I really was normal inside until I went home until I would go and have my, my animals and go in the closet and speak with my animals. Then I could be me. Then I knew I was a normal person again because they were just like me. They had no voice either. And to this day, I realize people don't treat animals the way we should, even when they think they love them because they have no human voice. Did you have any friends growing up? Not, not really. I had a few friends. I remember having a few friends in um, high school. A couple of, all of my friends were, were were the broken kids. They were also kids who were who were thought to be something something wrong with them. Sadly, my two best friends who I who who I grew up with later ended up getting on bad paths and dying because they couldn't face the world. They couldn't. They couldn't adjust to it. But I felt more comfortable with the with the young people who thought who were told that they were broken than with anybody normal. So I never really had friends. I spent a lot of time by myself. And later, when I learned to control my speech to be able to deal in the outside world, I actually realized that that's the world I preferred yeah. to be mostly by myself and with animals. Wow. Well, after being treated the way you were, who could blame you? Well, I don't blame the adult world. I just wish, I mean, now I'm spending a lot of time and effort with others trying to educate them because people still treat people, children like I was poorly. And it's not just about stuttering. It's about trying to understand that children are different. Everybody's different. And that difference is, are, can be strengths and not weaknesses. That's why I wanted to write this children's book. I've never written a children's book before, but I need the children to have something to understand. If only I had something to understand better when I was young, but I didn't. There were no computers, no Internet, so I was in a world by myself. There wasn't anybody who you found? There wasn't somebody, there wasn't a grown-up that helped you? My parents tried. They didn't know what to do. There were very few books written about stuttering. Nobody really understood stuttering. It's, it's even misunderstood today hugely because back then it was thought to be purely psychological. So they thought I had psychological problems or maybe just something wrong with my brain. Now we understand it a lot better. We understand that there's genetic roots. It's why once a stutterer, always a, I'm still a stutterer. I, I just learned techniques which I practiced for tens of thousands of hours to control the movements of my mouth. I think about m my speech while I'm talking, unlike, unlike anybody else. It just comes naturally to normal speakers, but stutters have to think about it and control their mouths if they want to try to speak, speak fluently. My parents tried everything they could. We tried hypnosis. They even, I even underwent shock therapy at one point where they thought maybe they could reset my brain like you reset a computer oh, God. because they didn't know that it was genetic, that you just can't, that it's just something you have to learn to deal with. 
when I say it was a gift, I believe that now. But it was it's it's a strange kind of gift because it's not a gift I would wish on anybody or, or want to give to anybody. Yet it made me who I am. It made me stronger. It made me become the kind of person I am. And I believe not just stutterers, but the children who 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 are different are can become much more human than other people in the adult world because other parts of them are opened up that I don't think often get opened up in other in other young people. Alan Rabinowitz is the author of A Boy in a Jaguar. He um, is a wildlife conservationist. So what happened in, in college? How were you able to sort of get this managed? Well, I was a senior in college. I, I stuttered terribly. I mean, I got through things by avoidance, by, you know, making excuses. I mean, it was so hard. Every waking hour was, was about how would I avoid trying to speak, not not how would I speak because I didn't know how to speak. I mean, one of the, the most hard experiences I can remember is when I was in grade school and I was called on unexpectedly and I didn't have time to make excuses and without even thinking I dropped the pencil under my desk and I leaned down to pick it up and I stabbed the point of the pencil through the palm of my hand so that I would have to be rushed out of the room and taken to the to the nurse and eventually I was sent home and the funny thing about it was I have no recollection of feeling the pain that that injury caused. My only recollection was the satisfaction of not having to be embarrassed <laughs> again in front of the class. That was the greatest pain. So till I was a senior in college, I never went on a date. I never had any close friends. And my parents heard of an experimental clinic upstate New York at the time where they were treating severe, only the most severe stutters. You had to be interviewed and and they had to choose you. That's how, how I knew how bad I was when I was chosen for that. And uh, that that taught me, for one thing, it taught me that I was a stutterer and that I would always be a stutterer because until then I was always thinking, Maybe one day I can wake up a normal speaker, or maybe I can bang my head against the wall long enough to to knock things back into place. But but we were taught you will be a stutterer, but we can teach you how to be a fluent stutterer, and that's where I was given tools to manipulate the hard contacts in my mouth, and it wasn't easy. Mm. And a lot of the people who went through that clinic fell back, but I was not never going to fall back. I practiced tens of thousands of hours in front of the mirror and by myself, learning how to control the speech. And I could do it. I could I could control my speech where I don't stutter whatsoever, but that means intense concentration. Or at this point, I can just let it go, and you'll hear slight bumps in my speech, but yeah. it's gotten past to where I have to do much control. Oh, it's, it's incredible, Alan. It really is, which you know, right? It's just what it always was, you know, it's, but it's hard to see something as incredible when it's just the way your life has always been. Mm. How did you um, how did you translate this gift into wildlife conservation? 
Well, I made that promise to to the animals. I didn't know how I would keep it, because also back at that time, ecology. I went to college. I, I knew I loved science because science to me were represented the the truths of the world outside of human beings. But I didn't know how I could combine science with my love of animals. Uh, I grew up in New York City, I didn't, and they were only first teaching. There were no courses in conservation or environmental science. And when I was in college, they taught the, the first ever course called Animal Ecology. And I took that course, and I realized this is what I want to do. It was the, the, the mixture of the natural world with, with animals, how they fit into the natural world as a pure science ecology the science of ecology was just coming into its own this was in the this was in the 70s and i realized this was exactly how i could put my scientific love of science and my scientific training to work so that i felt i could not only help animals but really help the world at large help people understand animals but it wasn't a, a altruistic because it was the way to help me as well i wanted to be away from the world of human beings mm-hmm. and i wanted to be with animals i wanted to be out in the wild and this was my ticket to do it mm-hmm. you write um towards the towards the end about your experience how you get 15 minutes to try to save the jaguar well that was really something because yeah. that was my first big big project my first real uh chance out of graduate school when i got my phd in zoology and wildlife biology i was given this incredible opportunity to be the first person ever in the world to study jaguars in the in the jungle and it was it was a change of life for me i was able to live in the jungle with with local people who couldn't speak my language, so I didn't have to try to speak to them, (laughs) which was perfect for me. And I could be out doing something no one ever did, and it was with jaguars. I I never even thought I would... The jaguar was the animal of my childhood, who who I spoke to at the Bronx Zoo, and I never even thought I'd get a chance to save them in the wild. But people were killing them. And there were no, it was, a, it was a little country called Belize, which at that time most mm-hmm. people had never heard of right. because it had just been British Honduras. There were no protected areas, parks, no parks in the country, and people were killing jaguars. And I felt I had to try to give them a home, like I promised. And I was given 15 minutes to appear before the prime minister and his cabinet. Hmm. And they agreed to it, not because they were interested in saving jaguars, but because they heard about this crazy white guy out in the jungle capturing jaguars and putting radios on them, and they wanted to meet me. And I knew it was kind of a show for them, but I was going to turn that show into something I could try to make into a park. So that 15 minutes turned into and my biggest fear of course was stuttering though i had control of my speech at that point when i get nervous or tired the controls would not always work and i would stutter and i thought i cannot distract these people i can't have them think what's wrong with this guy or look at his speech I, i need them thinking about jaguars and saving jaguars so i put everything into it 
and the 15 minutes turned into an hour. And at the end of it, we had the world's first and only Jaguar Preserve approved. Isn't that amazing, you know, that the that the animal that you, uh, as a kid, and then it comes around full circle. I mean, isn't life amazing, Alan? Life is amazing. Life really is. People should not take life for granted. Do you, um, you don't feel broken at this point, do you? Well, it's funny. I don't, I, no, I don't. I don't as a whole, but the broken to what I realize when I read my own words or when I, when I have some tough times in life, that the broken child is still inside, and, and it does come out sometimes. It's a, it's a deep, dark hole inside of me that will never quite go away. Helping the jaguars, setting up preserves, writing these kind of books helps the pain, but it's, there are certain injuries that never quite go away. Yeah, but you know, we all have we all have our stuff. Exactly. That that's my point. That's what I hope children will take away from this, this book. You know, it's not about study. We all have our things. We all have these incredible trials and tribulations in life, and young people really feel it in the in the earliest days. And that should be twist. That should be used to to strengthen them instead of weaken them. I agree. We all have our things, and we have to learn to use them as strengths instead of see them as weaknesses. What a gift um, for your time this morning. I really appreciate it very much. No, this has been wonderful. Thanks for talking to me. Alan Rabinowitz, the author of A Boy and a Jaguar. We'll uh, take a quick commercial break here. Uh, when we come back, we're going to uh, talk with uh, Dana Walrath, a uh, local author, um, someone I would consider a friend, and uh, we're going to talk about her mother's experience with uh, with Alzheimer's. We'll take a quick break. Back after this. Have you heard the news? If 